Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. It's good to uh, gather in the name of God and and, uh, share a time of fellowship with one another and with our Lord. And we are grateful that you are here with us today. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way as we uh, worship our Lord together. Let me remind everyone uh, of our attendance sheets that are on each row. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to take that and fill it out so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Just put your name and address and phone number on there and uh, check the appropriate box. And especially if you'd like to receive our email newsletter, uh, please uh, put your email address on there. It's a great way to keep up with our activities here at Community Baptist Church. among the activities that we have coming up, we, uh, we will begin this afternoon at 5 o'clock. We'll be playing volleyball, uh, and so we in, invite you to come and be a part of that and enjoy that time of fellowship together. And uh, if you won't mind, after the worship service, uh, if we could have some able-bodied folks to help us uh, pick up the chairs, that will help us this evening and, and, uh, as we set up for our volleyball uh, fellowship this evening. Also on Wednesday, we'll be having our blood drive. And uh, if you would like to volunteer or to uh, contribute blood and want an, an appointment for that, then please see Jika, and she'll be able to uh, sign you up for that. And um, we have some small groups that are there. We're we're about to begin. And so, Greg, I think you you have one that you want to mention. Good morning. There, there's a lot of empty chairs out there, but we're glad that you're here. Uh, and Nibby and I, this Friday, are hosting a um, pre-Valentine's Day social get-together for the 20-something crowd. And I, as I look through here tonight, or today, I don't see a lot that fall into that range, but that's okay. Uh, you can help us get the word out that if you have family members, loved ones, friends uh, that frequent here that fall into their 20s, we would love to invite them over for a little fun fellowship and food on, on Friday starting at 6 p.m. It's at the house. Uh, we won't keep them long. Uh, if they do need child care, there's been talk of some child care that could be available here at the church that night. So if you do have family members and friends that fall into that demographic, if you could be so kind to get me their name and number. Uh, if I haven't already contacted them, or if we haven't, then I would like to get in touch with them and invite them Friday. Thank you. And we will be doing another um, night at the movies. 
um, our theology in movies next Sunday night, the 15th. Um, we will be looking at the movie Chariots of Fire. Uh, that's an old one, uh, oldie but goodie. So um, it'll be at 5 o'clock in the youth room upstairs. This is not just for youth. This is for everybody. Um, so join me at 5 o'clock next Sunday, and we're going to watch Chariots of Fire. <laughs> And we have another one that's coming up in March, uh, first, first, March 1st, right? On March the 1st, Jika will be uh, beginning a study teaching the book, The Present Future. And it's a good book. It's really a great book. And uh, we have some books available for you. Uh, the, the cost of the book is $13.75. And, um, and if you would like to be a part of this group, please see Jika, and we'll sign, uh, sign you up for that. It asks... Uh, six tough questions for the church, and it's about the church in modern times, you know, uh, trying to be the church in a, in a time when it's hard to be the church. So uh, uh, it, it'll be an interesting study. So if you would like to be a part of that, please see Jika, and uh, she'll sign you up, and, and we'll be, begin that on March the 1st, and then determine when the next meeting will be. And one other um, announcement or, or presentation, really, I'd like to ask Nell Jordan to come and to speak. We have a mission project that uh, we've been thinking about, and um, here's the expert on this. Nell is a friend of Sue's, and, uh, and, uh, and, and you may see over here the, the fruit of her work, and uh, she's going to tell you a little bit about what she's doing here. From Matthew 25, verse 34 and following. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did you, we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So what we like to do is do the work of the Lord right here. When we provide clothing for people who do not have it, then we're doing it unto Jesus. About six years ago, I moved from McLean County, moved south, to Franklin, Kentucky, right on the Tennessee line. And someone approached me and asked if I would like to make little dresses for little girls in mission fields. And I have sewed all my life. And I'm retired, and I had the time to do that. So I started sewing. And I make about 50 little dresses a year. And these dresses go to Haiti, El Salvador, Honduras. Uh, right now, 
a group is in um, Guyana. We have missionary, a missionary in the Philippines. So our little dresses go to many, many different places and help the ones who do not have them. Now, sometimes I have a little help in making these dresses. I have a group of teenagers at church that have met with me and made dresses, girls and boys. And we make very simple little dresses. Started out making them, oh, maybe size five or six, but we have bigger girls and we have smaller girls. So I have some dresses that are size three and some that are size 12. Now, we need people who can sew, but some people are intimidated by a sewing machine. So we need people who can cut, can press seams, can buy fabric. Now, we, like, we do insist that the fabric be 100% cotton because of the wearability and the, uh, the care. And in the hot climates uh, where these children live, uh, anything with nylon or polyester does not wear well and is too hot. So it does need to be 100% cotton. Uh, Sue and I are great shoppers, and we, we love bargains. So I can spot a bargain a mile off, and I buy fabric at places when it's on sale. We go to GW Boutique a lot. You know, have you ever shop at GW Boutique? Goodwill Industries. <laughs> we have found fabric there. But we, and we buy things for the little dresses, but most of the time what we buy at Goodwill will be um, sheets that are colorful and in still good condition, and we wash those sheets, and they make beautiful little dresses, and I'll show you which ones were, were made out of sheets, and you will be amazed. We have bought dress panels, uh, not dress drapery panels and use that. We have bought Hawaiian shirts and cut those down and made little dresses out of them, some of the cutest ones we've made. Uh, and they're very bright and colorful. And, um, and, the, and the children are, and the mothers are so appreciative. I have not been on any of the mission trips but my friends bring me pictures of the little girls with their dresses. And um, we use a very simple pattern. Some of these are a front and a back and little cap sleeves gathered around the neck. Some are the style of the pillowcase dresses and the just little sundresses. And that pattern uh, I copied free off the internet. Uh, it's hard to find really simple little dresses. We want something that is easy enough that we can whip out a lot in a short amount of time. Uh, we're not interested in 
a lot of sewing detail. We do decorate them so that they're very attractive and fashionable, but we're not interested in the the sewing detail as much as we are the wearability and the decorating detail. Are there any questions or any comments I've left out? I think Sue uh, has plans for us to have a work day sometime in uh, the latter part of March. And anyone can come and there will be a a job that we can give uh, any of you for that day. You don't have to sit down to a sewing machine. But if you have not and would be interested in it, we'd love for you to do that too. Uh, I've had uh, teenagers working on, or preteens, sewing that have not had any sewing experience at all and have made some of these dresses that I have on the table. And you can't tell which ones they made and which ones I made. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you, Nell. Uh, it's it's a worthwhile ministry, and I and one that uh, I'm excited that we're uh, moving towards. And uh, stay tuned for more information. We're we're planning on a work day sometime in March, and and uh, and looking forward to good things. So let us now stand and let's sing our song of gathering, forgiven. pray together. Great God, whose strength has been our comfort, whose presence has been our joy, whose grace has been our life, hear our prayer. We give you our praise, for you created the earth and all that is in it. You have graced this planet with beauty and variety from the small wildflower that blooms but for a moment to ancient trees that remain for thousands of years, from fireflies that punctuate the night to eagles that soar through the skies. We give you thanks, O God, for this good creation. You have also graced our lives Your presence has been been with us since the day we were born. 
Even when we thought we could leave you behind, you would not leave us nor give up on us. When we have fallen, your mercy has helped us to stand again. When we have hurt, your love has healed. And when we have struggled through the dark nights of the soul, you have been that light that would not go away. Even with this, O Lord, even with all of this, we confess that sometimes we find ourselves becoming casual and complacent. Our sense of the holy becomes humdrum. We begin to believe that we have earned all that we have been given and we take your grace for granted. Forgive us, O Lord, and preserve within us at least a spark of awe, of wonder, of joy that we have received so great a gift. You have graced our lives through the lives of others, of family, and of friends who become family to us. You have graced our lives with this community of faith, our church. Open our eyes, O Lord, to our sisters and brothers. Open our ears to hear their cries. Open our hearts to share their joys. Open our hearts to to share their need. And open our hands to take their hands. May the love that we receive from you be the love that we share with others. And there is also a world beyond these walls that is hungry for such love. Those who struggle for food, for shelter, for clothing as we have mentioned today. And those who struggle for hope. There are children who are wounded by those whom they trust. And there are adults who are abandoned by those whom they love. And, we, and so we pray for courage. We pray for vision. So that the love that we receive from you may be the love that we embody in this world. Amen. Today's responsive reading is titled, Cleansing. Jesus, our hearts are dirty from the journey of life. We have not loved one another or loved you as you have loved us. Selfishness and indifference stain our hearts and lives. How will we become clean again? Who will make us clean? Where will we find water for our soiled souls? We look to you, O Lord. Help us, forgive us, cleanse us, restore us.
reading comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45, if you want to follow along in your Bibles or on your tablets. A leper came to him, begging him, and kneeling, he said to him, If you chose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the word so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly but stayed out in the country. And people came to him from every quarter. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This group's not sick. I think everybody else is. Uh, You just heard the scripture that uh, Sybil read. Uh, It was about Jesus and the leper. In the time of Jesus, people who had leprosy were made to leave their homes, sent away, just because of a disease they had that, you know, they had no control over that, but they were treated differently. They were treated not even human. Uh, I know in this day and time we treat certain people of a different color, a different race, a different, anything that's different than what the majority seems as a norm, we treat, we treat those people differently. Now, would Jesus, would Jesus like that? He wants us all, he wants us all to be different, but he doesn't want us to be treated differently. He wants us all to be treated the same, correct? He loves us all. He loves you, you just as much as he loves me, just as much as he loves Dr. Kim, just as much as he loves somebody outside. He, he loves everybody. Whether we choose to love him back or not, that's our choice. Uh, but this is Valentine's Day is coming up this week, and a similar instance came about about 40-something years ago. I think I was in first grade and I had a little teacher. Her name was Miss Prudy Oglesby, and the most beloved woman I've ever met in my life. And we, for Valentine's Day, we all brought our boxes of Valentines to share and I think she noticed that one young person didn't have a box to share. So she went over to her closet. She had a box. and She kind of quietly walked over and put it on his desk and just whispered something to him. We all got exchange, we exchanged Valentine's. So everybody had, so she wanted to make sure he wasn't treated, or he or she wasn't treated differently just because of what they did or didn't have. But that's how we need to treat everybody that we come in contact with. We need to, you know, we need to love everybody. Tell everybody that Jesus loves them and tell them what he's done for us and what he will do for us, what he's promised us. All right, let's have a little word of prayer here. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for everyone. We thank you for all their differences. We thank you that you love us all the same. 
We thank you for the love that you've shown us. We ask that you put upon our hearts to share that love, to share it with each and every one, regardless of what they are, who they are, where they come from, what they believe, what they don't believe. We share it with the believers, the non-believers. We ask that you look upon those who don't feel loved. Know that, let them know that you love them. And let them know that there, there is hope. There is a place for them in your kingdom. We ask this in your name. Amen.
with me for the offertory prayer, please. Father, we have received so freely the blessings that you grant to us. We pray that you would help us who have received so freely, give freely in our turn, that we may have the joy of giving as well as the blessing of receiving. In thy name, amen. Amen. How many of you have ever heard the phrase unintended consequences? You heard that phrase before? It's kind of a buzzword these days, and anyone who has ever worked with complex systems is familiar with the law of unintended consequences. It goes like this. You attempt to do something that is beneficial and good, but it leads to something unforeseen that can be terrible. For example, about 20 or 30 years ago, the mantra among environmentalists was save the trees, use plastic instead of paper. And their intent, of course, was to do something wonderful, something good, save the trees. But today, New York City alone uses 5 billion, with a B, 5 billion plastic bags every year. And the unintended consequence is that they pollute the oceans and the rivers and the highways. They endanger our fish and our wildlife. So here we have the law of unintended consequences. People start out with an idea that sounds quite sensible. Save the trees. 
but something unexpected and undesirable results. We've seen it in the, in the field of medicine. The advent of antibiotics have saved millions of lives through the, the, the past many decades. And so doctors began to prescribe antibiotics at the first sign of a sniffle. Sounds pretty reasonable, right? Why take a chance? But the unintended consequence is that germs are now building up an immunity, a resistance to the antibiotics, and, and, uh, and especially in, in medical facilities. And antibiotics do not work as well as they used to. And people who are sick may have a dire prog- prognosis because the antibiotics are not working as well. The law of unintended consequences. It happens in almost every field. Farmers watch their crops being devoured by insects, and so they mix up some pesticides and spray their fields. And it works for a while, but then the crop damage returns, and worse than, than before. And the pesticides that they, they used that was so successful before, now they have no effect. And meanwhile, the insect that was eating the crops had also been competing with another insect. And so while insect number one was out of the way, insect number two came in, and they were having a field day. The law of unintended consequences is proved once more. Back in 1990, the Australian state of Victoria made safety helmets mandatory for all bicycle riders. Wonderful idea, right? And it's true that there was a a tremendous reduction in the number of head injuries related to bicycle accidents. But there was also an unintended consequence. There was an unintended reduction in the number of juveniles riding their bicycles. Apparently, young people considered wearing a bicycle helmet unfashionable. And so many youth just quit riding. And one study suggests that the decrease in exercise caused by the reduction in cycling has resulted in more health problems than riding without a helmet. Now, let me hasten to say that helmets are a good idea, right, Nibby? (laughs) They're a good idea. But the law of unintended consequences will get you sooner or later when you are seeking to do something beneficial. It even got to Jesus. It was the beginning of Jesus' ministry when a man with leprosy came up to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Well, some manuscripts tell us that Jesus was filled with compassion or filled with pity, and others say that Jesus was indignant. And that's interesting. Do you remember any other time when Jesus was indignant? And it makes me wonder why. Well, was it because this man was breaking the law by coming directly up to him? I mean, this was a total violation of the rules and regulations concerning lepers in in that society. You see, because of his medical condition, this man with leprosy was supposed to, to shout out, unclean, unclean, and to keep Jesus away from him. But instead, he runs right up to Jesus. And I'm sure that the people around him were surprised that he was doing this and also surprised that Jesus wasn't running away. Or maybe it could have been that healing was not Jesus' primary mission. 
His mission was larger than that. His mission was to teach and preach about the kingdom of God. His mission was to heal the world, not only physically, but spiritually. He knew that he didn't have much time to accomplish what he was sent to do. And so healing people one at a time would just slow him down. And yes, he had compassion, but he also had a job to do. Or maybe it was the way the man phrased his request that could have made Jesus indignant. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Are you willing? Well, didn't, didn't this man know that Jesus was always willing to heal? My friends, Jesus always wants the best for people. You can take that to the bank. It is always true. God wants the very best for each of us. Have you ever prayed, Oh God, if it be your will, then please do such and such, whatever it is. Well, folks, listen to this. God's will is always for the very best good for each of us. Now, that being said, there may be circumstances that we are not aware of that may keep God's will from being done in our lives at a particular time. But God's will is always for the best for each of us. And of course, we can't know what was going on in Jesus' mind. In my mind, it seems to me that the manuscript that says that Jesus was filled with compassion makes more sense than the one that says that Jesus was indignant. But we just don't know. And yet Jesus reaches out his hand and touches the man and says, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left the man and he was cleansed. Now we see something very important about leprosy in the terminology that the man with leprosy used and that Jesus used as well. Did you notice that the man with leprosy, when he came up to Jesus, he didn't ask to be healed? No. He said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And then when Jesus responded to his request, he said, I am willing, be clean. One word that has attached itself to the disease of leprosy, even into modern times, is the word unclean. Bishop Fulton Sheen once told a humorous story about a well-dressed woman who had a rather affected accent. He was call, uh, she was calling on him one evening and she explained to Bishop Sheen, I would like to become a Catholic, but I would not want any ordinary priest to instruct me in the ways of Catholicism, for I am an intellectual. And knowing your background, would you intellectualize your faith for me? And Bishop Sheen said, Madam, I am willing to instruct anyone who comes to me. As a matter of fact, a young man with leprosy who just finished his instruction sat down in that very chair which you are in which you are now seated. Sheen says that that woman literally flew out of the room and never saw her again. And that's been the reaction to le leprosy, or to Hansen's disease, as it's more properly known. It's been that way since the times of the Bible. 
unclean. According to the Guinness Book of, of World Records, leprosy is the oldest recorded disease. Archaeologists have found written uh, accounts of leprosy dating back to 1350 B.C. And ever since then, ever since it was first observed, it has been regarded with dread. It's been associated with the word unclean. And if you can look at the disease, you, you kind of understand why. Because besides causing the body to be covered with unsightly sores, leprosy breaks down the nervous system. Nerve endings cease to send signals of pain back to the brain. And the body becomes damaged by actions that are as simple as wearing a tight pair of shoes or getting a splinter in your finger. Pressure sores form, infection set in, and with no pain signals to tell a person that they need to tend to a, a wounded area, a wound is often neglected. They have no feeling in parts of their body, and so the affected person is vulnerable to, to losing fingers or toes or, or even a nose because they have no way of knowing that an infection has set in. And they often go blind because they don't know to blink when, when dust gets in their eyes. And before long, the leper hardly even looks human. No fingers, no toes, face disappearing, isolated from others. No one wants to be near them. No one wants to touch them. And in a, in a sense, the the person with this terrible disease can't touch because they, they no longer can feel the touch of another person. In the Old Testament, a leper was considered unfit to be in God's presence, and so they were banned from worship in the temple. Unclean. There was no cure. And so the only thing that they could do was to isolate them so that they could not infect others. We've seen this, haven't we? We saw the same thing happen a number of years ago when the AIDS epidemic began to, to hit with full strength. Fear. And the things that we did to people. And just recently when medical workers brought the Ebola virus back to the United States, what was our reaction? The reaction of many people in our society Isolate anyone who is not only infected, but anyone who had even been to the area. Worse than the disease itself was the ostracizing that went with it. But did you notice what remarkable thing our Savior did when he dealt with this poor man with leprosy? He reached out his hand and he touched the man. And he said, I am willing. Be clean. Now, he didn't have to do that. There were times when Jesus healed a person just by saying a word. In fact, he even healed a person one time long distance. He didn't even have to be present. And yet, what did he do here? He reached out. And he touched this man with a terrible, repulsive disease. And Mark tells us that the man was immediately healed. 
I kind of believe that the fact that Jesus reached out and touched this man was as much a part of the man's healing as was the removal of his leprosy. You see, it was important that this man be healed not only physically but also emotionally. And touching can have such a wonderful healing power when it comes to matters of the heart. The man with leprosy said to the master, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And so Jesus reached out his hand. He touched the man. He said, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left the man and he was cleansed. And that's when Jesus ran into the law of unintentional consequences. You see, Jesus sent this healed man away with a strong warning. And that's important. It doesn't say that he offered a a gentle suggestion. He said that he gave him a strong warning. See to it that you don't tell anybody else. But go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice commanded for your cleansing. Now, what was there about this warning that this man did not understand? Mark tells us that instead of keeping his mouth shut, as he was told to do, this man went out and he began to talk freely, spreading the news. And as a result, Jesus couldn't even go into town anymore. He had to stay out in the country. And yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Jesus was already becoming a rock star rabbi so to speak. People were flocking to him from all over the place. And and this man healed from leprosy just added fuel to that, that fire. And what was the unintended consequence? Well, it may have seriously hampered Jesus' ministry. And even worse, it may have shortened Jesus' ministry because it could not help but draw the attention of the religious leaders, the Jewish religious authorities, and also the Roman government. You see, when they got wind of Jesus' popularity, they couldn't help but to see someone who could cause them trouble down the line. And, of course, it's all understandable. Jesus couldn't help but to heal this man. Because, folks, Jesus' very nature was pure, unconditional love. And that was a part of his mission. So, of course, he was going to reach out. Of course, he was going to help someone in need. Of course, he was going to heal this man, even if it wasn't in his best interest. But also, this deliriously happy man, he'd been healed from this terrible disease. Could you really expect him to keep his mouth shut? He was going to tell his family. He was going to tell his friends. He was going to tell anybody he he could who would listen to him, wouldn't you? It was the law of unintended consequences, even if it did hasten the time when Jesus would hang on the cross. But there's something that we need to remember before we leave this place today. You see, according to the Scripture, there was a time when each of us was unclean as well. Maybe not with leprosy, maybe not with some terrible disease, but there was a time when each of us was unclean as well. We were isolated from God and we were isolated from one another, but there on that cross, Christ reached out 
and touched each one of us and made us clean. But this time, rather than telling us to keep quiet about it, he tells us to go out in the world and tell everyone. My friends, if you have found healing from Christ in any way, tell your family. If you have found healing from Christ in any way, tell your friends. If you have found healing from Christ in any way, tell anyone who will listen to you. And if there is anyone within your sphere of influence who is socially isolated for any reason, reach out to them, just like Jesus reached out to you, because they need it. They need that touch of love that can come from you. Mother Teresa, a woman who has worked with lepers all throughout her career in Calcutta, she spoke about this once. She said, we have drugs for people with diseases like leprosy, but these drugs do not treat the main problem, the disease of being unwanted. And that is a disease, isn't it? In fact, the disease of being unwanted may be the most deadly disease of all. And I just can't help but wonder if many gang members don't spread the disease of drugs and violence because they are infected with the disease of being unwanted. And I just wonder if many people who are lost in the fog of alcoholism or depression don't suffer from, uh, to some extent, from the disease of being unwanted. And here's the lesson that I hope each of us can take with us today. Are you listening to this? You can forget everything else, but don't forget this. This is what it's all leading up to, folks. Here's the lesson. You and I, we can do the work of Jesus by simply reaching out in love, especially with the power of touch to those who are alone and unwanted. We can do the work of Jesus by reaching out in love, by touching people, especially those who are alone, especially those who are unwanted. And that's what Christ is calling on us to do. A man with leprosy begs the Master, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And so Jesus reaches out his hand and touches the man saying, I'm willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left the man and he was cleansed. We too can be a healing force in our community. And we can do it through the power of love in Jesus' name. So reach out. Touch someone in the name of God and watch the healing begin. Amen. Let us sing together our closing hymn, number 300, Without Him, Without Him. And we will open this up as an invitation. If anyone would like to unite with our church today or make a commitment to Christ for the first time or or if you need a time of prayer, we invite you to come. As we sing together, number 300, without him I would be nothing. Without him I'd be lost. And that's the case for each and every one of us, folks. So this speaks to all of us. Let us sing together.
Oh God, we have sought your presence with us today. Out of our darkness, we have sought your light. Out of our sorrow, we have sought your joy. And out of our doubts, we have sought your certainty. And of course, out of our sin, we have sought your forgiveness. You have not failed us, O oh God. In seeking you, you have found us and cleansed us through your presence. And now we ask that you give us your peace at all times and in all ways. The Lord be with you all. Amen. Amen.